your boy, John Toronto. And of course, my little brother, my little co-host, Matthew Toronto. We're here back with We Can Be Heroes, the podcast that you all love that has to do with everything Marvel, everything DC, and everything Star Wars. Speaking of Star Wars, we're going to be getting into a little bit of Star Wars today. We have it in a little bit. I purposely didn't for, for a couple of reasons, but we are back with it, baby. Matthew, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. Allergies are acting up a bit, but hopefully uh, I can sit ah. this one do, have some conversation about Marvel, specifically uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And uh, for once, get to talk about Star Wars, everything from Bad Bats to, uh, I know you watch Star Wars Visions, I, I think you give it, get his opportunity to, to talk about that or to even watch it. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So it's, a, it's another great day to discuss everything we're passionate about. It's a great day to have a great day. Look, I, first of all, I appreciate you fighting through your uh, your consistent allergies here to, to, to be on the pod. Um, we want to get back and get an episode out. Uh, so I know, I know last time uh, when we did record, I did talk to you guys about uh, potential schedules and things like that. I'm still working that out. Um, I will have some semblance of a consistent schedule as far as what's coming, when it, when will be a little inconsistent as always. Um, but the content will be there, baby. So, uh, you know, I wanted to get into uh, the finale of What If and what the implications have for for the mcu as far as marvel uh we're gonna wait for that so our next episode after this will be an episode with our matthew and i's brother angel uh and two other ots on the sidelines members um uh victor and bruce so we're gonna bring them on they're very very big on on marvel and uh the comics and and they're they're super knowledgeable as to what what's to come what's already happened and and uh you know it'll be great to have different minds in there to kind of you know to bounce some ideas off of too so stay tuned for that that episode's gonna be dope i'm ready for it i can't wait um so first let's I, i'm ready to get right into this thing baby look you know uh venom so so far venom has blown the waters of the box office as far as post covid box office sales why matt like why is it i mean i'm happy i get so matt and i talked about last episode movies just need to be successful so we can continue to get the content we want right like we just need all movies to do well so there's no delays like venom was moved up and still killed it in box office sales which was surprising because our our when we went to watch it our theater wasn't fully packed like i mean you know, I, I would say what sixty percent packed. Like it wasn't like a full capacity. Like, yes, we went opening are. night. You know, right the Thursday night that it came out is when we went. So, I mean, granted, it was a later game, or I'm sorry, later uh, movie. But why is it doing so well? You think everybody's just kind of on the same mindset as us? Like, just, just let's just do it. Partly, but I just for some reasons there's just a huge appetite for movies like Venom. He's oddly self-aware action comedy movies that sort of uh, take you out of the real world. I mean, Venom, for whatever reason, became a cult classic and is still praised amongst his fan base, so naturally have the audience there uh, are obviously interested in um, heading to the theaters, excuse me. But um, I think it's, it's very odd. 
very odd Venom of all movies is breaking records in comparison to I mean Shang Chi obviously broke his own individual record, but right, right. Uh, I mean ninety million dollars domestic box office opening is not uh, something to uh, ignore. I mean that that is a huge accomplishment on the part of Sony, right. despite their odd marketing. Wow, you um, gave you gave a compliment to to Sony. That's Oof. Yeah, it's it's just it's a bizarre experience. I mean, I, right. I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, I, I'm not going to start uh, praising Sony moving forward because I know for a fact they'll continue to disappoint us in a number of ways. But I'll just I'll, I'll give them I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. You know, they they did well enough. <laughs> the quality of the movie, however, is different. But you know, this is a uh, another conversation for another day is uh, how I'll put it. So, you know, I find that interesting that you, you I, I, I kind of don't want to get the praise almost like you, right? Um, they they marketed it well. Right? I think Sony's very good at doing things besides the content itself, which, I mean, I feel like where Marvel Studios uses the content to drive their success. Uh, it seems like Sony's the opposite. Um, but Sony, whether you like it or not, they stick to their guns. Like they, they know what product they want to, to present to the, the fans and they, they stick with it. You know, Venom for whether you like it or not, the first Venom was that comedy kind of bounce back between Venom and, and, uh, uh, and Eddie Brock and they continue that in the second movie. Um, so I, I think we're going to kind of flip things a little bit. So it's right off the bat. What would you kind of give this rating like what's your rating for venom i mean i'll start it off so we talked about this matt and i did on the way home or walking out of the theater i think on the way home too um venom was for me the least had the least amount of expectations out of any marvel content i've ever watched right so when you look at that, you look at it in two different scales. So, like, look at it as med, uh, a speedometer that has miles per hour or kilometers per hour. They're two totally different things, but kind of the same, right? That's how I see it. They're, like, their own scales. So, being that it's a Sony under – like, I had no expectations going in, I give it, like, a 2.5, Right? you flip it to the other side, it's probably one of the worst things I've ever watched. But uh, as far as plot line, it, it, it honestly, we'll get into the post credit scene and, and what kind of uh, that has to do with the rest of the MCU and Marvel Studios. This movie was only made to make that happen. I mean, that, let's, let's be real here. They knew that an interconnecting was going to happen, not just with Marvel Studios, but with the Spider-Man that currently exists within the live-action Marvel, right? Sony was never going to give out those rights. Sony may have given uh, some sort of, like, semi-rights like they've been doing, right? But in the end, they wanted their Spidey back. Like, they're building their own universe. They they specifically, I think they call it, what do they call it? The Sony... Sony's Spidey Spider-Man characters, yeah, universe or something, yeah. whatever they, they call it. They rebranded their uh, franchise. Their whole franchise. So they have essentially their own like universe that has to do with just Spider-Man, which is fine. You know, Spider-Man has plenty of characters to do that with. Um, but we all knew the end game 
no pun intended, was to was to bring their Spidey back, right? Um, so I I I I'm gonna I'm gonna give it literally a one out of five for overall, right? Like not not even uh, talking about the expectations or lack thereof, not even um, uh, trying to, to be too hard on it. Uh, but the movie itself was just, I mean, it was a setup for Carnage, right? Um, I didn't, I, I didn't mind um, how uh, what what is his name that played Carnage? Oh my God, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson did pretty well as, as the character. Uh, as far as what they wrote, I, I I think he should have been a little darker, even to be honest. And I think this movie itself, if it was rated R, probably would have been even better. Um, Carnage is is called Carnage for a reason. Like he's a literally a sadistic psycho right like he's just a murderous psychopath like there's no other way around it um and i i just would have liked more you know it just seemed like they limited themselves because they had one plan and one plan only and that was to reach the post-credit scene um which is i I guess fine in a way um there were some funny moments for me like i I enjoyed some of the banter between venom and, and eddie brock um i did find this interesting too uh so there there are apparently mutants in in spider-man's universe so or, or i'm sorry venom's universe you know the non-mcu universe uh they they literally said that that a woman with mutations existed so i'm wondering if that's kind of a foreshadow that maybe the mutants come into the mcu via multiverse i'm almost thinking that's the only option like i just can't see mutants suddenly just popping up in the world right um or maybe so, because we have Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Witch that that showed she had some kind of mutation within her that was activated by the uh, by the Mind Stone. So, uh, Matt, uh, you want to go ahead and give your review and, and any thoughts you had on the Venom itself? Uh, it's just uh, it's, it's a one off five. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm not gonna buy a sugar cone yet, but I think honestly, this is that was probably one of the greatest cinematic experience I had. So on that scale, it's easily five out of five. Um, just the sheer level of like incompetence the filmmakers and screenwriters show to these characters is just unparalleled i'm actually astonished by what they were able to do here and you know there are many moments in the movie where i i generally had to struggle myself from laughing not because of what i saw was funny but because of what i saw was unintentionally funny um one scene in particular that stood out among the rest is this is something I've been quoting since the day it released. There's a moment where Carnage literally says, "Let there be carnage," and that that sent me like that literally like I, I had to hold in my laughter in that scene because it's meant to be taking like it's meant to be dramatic and how you know we finally see the confrontation between these two characters being Venom right. and Carnage. Right. Hands down, the most funny like the, the funniest scene I have ever watched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not even movie, intended to be. <laughs> yeah, but this movie is a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, uh, you know, the for like a better word. Maybe the allergies are acting up, so maybe I'm a bit more. Uh, I'm not as passive as I am, in, say, you know, other movies, other projects, etc. But no, like, it just there's no way around it. I view this as Eternals is not getting delayed, and No Way Home will no longer be delayed. Right. My main motivation going into this movie. Um, and I was looking forward to the post credit scene. 
I guess we can, you know, jump into that because that seems to be the talk of the the town yeah. was the community. I just wanted to get into one more thing that I will say real quick as far as Venom. You made me think of this. The plot itself was literally just shit thrown on a wall, right? Like it, it just they they just said whatever, just just throw some carnage out there and make it fun. I don't mind the graphics, right? As far as both, I, I thought Carnage looked great. I thought I think Venom looks great in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I, they're, they're, I think the fight right, scenes are, are good. I, I don't mind them as far as the symbiote, like how they fight amongst each other. It, it's, um, it's very weird looking, and I think in large part that's due to the poor uh, visual effects because the the third act was just CGI monster fighting a CGI monster, and I understand. You know, the common complaints in this movie right. are going to say, oh, you know, well, how on earth can you possibly do simulants without the use of uh, visual effects? It's like, yeah, true, but you can make it look convincing. It's just nothing right. there. Right. Oh, they definitely, they kind you of know? just pulled it out the water. And, yeah. and, I mean, just kind of threw it, like I said, kind of yeah. threw it on the wall. But and obvi- Yeah, and obviously I'll go more, I guess I can go more in depth now if you don't mind. But I think Carnage's character was him simping over Shriek. Venom and Eddie have this dysfunctional marital relationship. They separate mm-hmm. for like it was ultimately 25 minutes because this is an hour and 30 long minute movie. <laughs> they reunite later and then Venom's mad at Eddie for angering him and makes him want to apologize. He apologizes and then they fight Venom or Carnage. Like that's that's the plot of the movie. Like that that's it. That's all that's all literally all you need to know. It was just and, the battle the battle of, of uh conflicting sides and Venom and Eddie and, and uh you know it, it, the same thing happened, like his ex girlfriend becomes Lady Venom and then transfers it to him again, like that happened in the first movie. Like we need to see this over and over again. I don't know. I, like some of the things are just seemed repetitive, just seemed uh inconsistent at times. But like I said, it, it was a fun movie just to watch, right? Like yeah, I, I always look look at it as like the X Men movies for me, and you, you're not a fan of almost any of them. But I, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm just like a fan of of like superhero movies. Like as long as they're decent, at least the vis- visually to watch, like I'm good. So that's what it was to me. It was just something to watch. Uh, I'm not gonna rate it high based on plot and those other things and character development because there's none almost at all. Um, but it, it, it was a fun watch. I'll put it that way. It was a fun watch. It was something to do. Um, yeah. And, um, uh, we move on. But I know you wanted to get into the post-credit scene, so get up, get up in that. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'll have you take the post-credit scene because you just reminded me of something that I wanted to um, oh, go ahead. You can drop to that touch out. on as well. Go touch but um, what I wanted to say was uh, Naomi <laughs> Harris probably gave one of, if not the worst performance of her career. Her voice was so weird. She, she kept speaking like this the entire like that's that's literally what her voice sounded like the entire right. like wh- why just talk normally right like you're there for a paycheck there's no way you read the script and said oh you know this is definitely going to propel my my career as an action star no <laughs> you t- you accepted a million dollars million plus dollars so working alongside you know woody harrelson for three days you finished and then you went out to go do your other project like, I'm sorry, Naomi Harris. Like, bless right. you. You're obviously, I think she was even nominated for an Academy Award for her performance in Moonlight. But my God, you were terrible in this movie. Woody Harrelson was really bad in this movie. And I think in large part, that's just because he had nothing to work with. The script wasn't benefiting him. 
I think Hardy was the only actor who knew what to do with the script. Like, like I, I, here's what I'll say. Hardy talking to himself is entertaining because he knows how to do it. Like, Hardy, like, we can watch an hour and 41 minute of Hardy doing that, and we can be entertained despite right. the awfulness of the movie. But it feels like Woody Harrelson, Naomi Harris, as well as a fair share of the other actors just don't know, don't necessarily know how to do that because they're not familiar with these kinds of films. And so they think reinventing themselves is necessary when you can just do the same old you've done for the past 15 plus years of your career. And I think you'll be fine. Right. That's why Michelle Williams is like one of the like better actresses in the movie because she has nothing to do. She just reads her lines. She delivers her lines. And then it's done. Like she's not doing anything remotely creative with her performance. Like there's nothing she has to do. Naomi Harris, you literally just had to look at Michelle Williams and to say, "Listen, like, like I guess what I'm trying to say is that don't overthink it. Just read your lines, deliver them, and you'll be fine. Like you don't have to go overboard with it and try to get so in depth with the character because you have right. nothing to work with. Right. It's just so it's just so unbelievably stupid. It's unbelievably mm-hmm. stupid that you even accept the movie to begin with. Like. It's just ridiculous. That's all I have to say. It's just honestly. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, I, it, we're harsh on it, but I, I just the expectations were so low. I can't really be mad. Like, it, uh, it definitely was bad, but I knew it was gonna be bad. So, what can oh, you really absolutely, do? yeah, you know absolutely I mean? right. Like, I wasn't, you know, expecting a, a masterful sequel, but right. And obviously, there's more we can go into. Uh, about the movie, the ad libbing in the beginning was so painfully noticeable. They had these <laughs> younger actors, like I really thought they were trying to like mimic Willie Harrelson's voice as well as Naomi Harris's voice. But right. it turns out they probably like Woody and uh, Naomi probably recorded lines of dialogue in the studio, and then he just like had the actors just like ad lib it, right? Without That's saying anything, like. which is really it was just really weird. I don't know why. Um, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much. It. I'm sorry. This is kind of like. Oh, you're good. The it's opportunity just, to, to rant about it, but I guess I'm not sure if you view this as positive or negative. Uh, we'll see. But that's why I, I kind of want to uh, put this on you to answer. What are your thoughts on the point? Well, first, obviously, you can explain the post-credit scene, but what were your thoughts uh, on it as a whole? Yeah. So obviously, the post-credit scene. Um, it was Venom and Eddie Brock. They went on vacation. And they're watching a movie and Venom suddenly starts to talk about how uh, symbiotes have this ability to uh, kind of see throughout the universe, right? They, they have like multiversal capabilities, um, which is kind of, which is true within the comics. I did find out. I thought they just said like added that like, kind of reconned Venom in a way uh, just to add, just to add that just to get to the purpose of being in the Marvel Studios MCU. Uh, but they did not. So that's actually something they can do and they have the, the ability to do so. Um, so when he explains this to Eddie, he's like, I'm going to show you now. So he starts to show him in a way and the room just completely shifts. Like everything turns different. He's in a, it seems like he's in a different country, a uh, different room for sure. It's somebody else's room from what he was in the, in the hotel with Venom. And uh, so for, I, Venom's in the freaking MCU now, bro. Like they showed, uh, in obviously in the in the TV screen, they uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. They had the um, Peter Parker's a, a murderer news thing, uh, what do you call it, news show or whatever. 
and uh venom looks at him and looks the tv and says i want to eat him so venom is now officially mcu <laughs> uh god kind of just thrown out there uh expected we all knew some way somehow they wanted to get in- included we've talked about it for years kevin feige never allowed them to uh say they were mcu but now we can all agree that this is the case um one thing i wanted to ask you though so venom it seems like venom went through like some kind of similar thing that dr strange went through when doing a spell for peter right like yeah. some kind of like internal battle or force kind of made Venom go into the MCU based on what he was doing. Do we still think this is the nexus of the, I'm sorry, the, the, the killing of Kang? I'm not sure. There's I honestly don't connection. even think, I don't even think they answer. Like, honestly, I don't even think Sony has an answer. <laughs> To be honest, I wouldn't doubt it's it. probably within the context of Doctor Strange casting the spell. So right. I think it, it's the Nexus event, and then actually that's something I want to I'm going to ask you about because uh, I was um I made a comment over on uh, Instagram page that I might I might have been incorrect in. like I think in the in the replies people were somewhat agreeing with me, but I feel like they were explaining it differently than what I said. So anyways, right. I'll ask you the question after. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's just like it's probably it's definitely the Nexus event caused Doctor Strange to miscast the spell that sends in a bunch of different Spider Man villains and obviously the two Spider Man, Andrew Garfield and Toby. So, um, I hated the post credit scene, and this is why. So, a while back, and of course, the viewers wouldn't know about this uh, until now, but me and you had a conversation about how. We both saw the post credit, or you almost saw the post credit scene, and that I saw the post credit scene uh, for No Way Home. And I, I can already, I can say this now. Obviously, right. I saw that Andrew Garfield was in the movie, so that's in, why I was excited. In what? In uh, Venom Two. How did you see? So the, was... so the leak that I saw was Garfield in the movie. Really. But that turned out to be false. So that's why I was irritated by it because I thought it was an opportunity for us to see yeah, Garfield. You, I mean, that's why I again. tell you to stop looking at leaks. <laughs> oh, no. no! But that was on TikTok. You were that uh, was yeah, on TikTok? No. Right, right, like, right. I wasn't looking for it. I, just, right. I accidentally it just saw, happened like, I, to pop I, up. I right. saw an image and I scrolled through fast because I didn't want right. to see that. Right. So in my mind, that was the post-credit scene. Right. Oh, yeah. Theoretically. Right. I, Cause I, 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 I didn't think... You understand, like Garfield isn't popping up halfway through the movie for whatever reason. Like it'd be a right. post credit scene, like right. that'd be the, the main reveal, and it wasn't. And turns out Venom's. That's why you. I'm not sure you reheard over her. I was like, oh, you have to be kidding me! And all you see is our Holland on the screen. And it's just like here's the thing. I, I'm gonna just you can agree or disagree, but their tones don't match. Like Holland Spider-Man, while obviously set in the MCU is relatively lighthearted, Venom is way too goofy for Holland Spider-Man. That's why I was thinking, listen, at that point, Garfield's universe is also goofy. If you look at Maze Spider-Man 2, Rhino and Electro are prime examples. Venom's characteristics, at least within the context of Sony's universe, works men's perfectly with Garfield. Another thing is, too, Holland is getting clapped by Hardy's Venom. That is a fact. If he doesn't have any assistance from Avengers or has these uh, like technologically based suits, Holland is getting destroyed. Right. Until they have to team up against the symbiote, which would probably be the case. 
Um, that'll be Venom 3, probably. Um, so that's sort of where my mind is. Um, and I don't want to hate the post credit scene because of what I wanted it to be. But looking at it individually, it, it's more so that. Like, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the the tonal difference between both of these characters. And Venom is meant to be very dark and sinister uh, in the comics, and it's just not the case. I, I think in many ways it's making me want to buy some graphic novels of Venom just to see how differently he is compared to um, Sony's universe. Right. Um, you know, but, like, the, the movie could have benefited from our rating. See Carnage ripping limb for limb all these different people. I mean, you know, there, there's so much mispotential. Um, and it was inevitable. Venom was going to pop up in the MCU. Sony wanted it. They're looking to capitalize off of the success of the MCU. And this was their opportunity, and they, and they did it. Right. They did it. So, right. well, definitely. you know, there's nothing. I paid for, like, or, uh, I paid, but we paid for their success, ultimately. So we can, you know, I, I don't want to complain to say, oh, why is Sony doing this? They're doing it because of us. And, you know, right. we, we pay to see the movie, and they look at the success and think, oh, wow, this is working out. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. We vote with our wallet. That's sort of uh that's the philosophy I, I live by. And uh, you know, it, it is what it is, is what I'll say. But that's uh that's everything. So I mean I'm 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 kind of I'm kinda of with you. Um again, I, I just think it was it was a forced thing. Um we'll see. Uh um I don't know. Well, is this to help the MCU bring in the Sonyverse, or is this just to have the Sonyverse happy and they can do whatever the hell they want as long as they say they're in a different universe, right? Um, gonna, I think it's see. more so. Um, I think Marvel wants to keep Spider-Man's rights, and they just did whatever the hell Sony wanted. Yeah, that, that's probably it. That's that's I probably think. what they want. I mean, like you said, it, it, in a, at least in a private conversation, yeah. you thought that, um, and, and I agree with this that that we're gonna get another trilogy with with Tom Holland, right? We're gonna get yeah, that's happening. Co- and college then, Spidey. Yeah. So it, literally after, uh, sorry not to interrupt you, but uh, after yeah. we had that conversation, I go online and <laughs> I think it was like Danny RPK. I believe confirmed this. He said Venom three and Spider-Man four are already in development. Oh. Like the day after we watched Venom two, I was like, "Oh, that's oh, that makes unsurprising." It's unsurprising. Like I'm not maybe Spider-Man four. I guess I don't know how they're gonna do it, but Spider-Man four in this case, maybe that's the Venom movie. Who knows? I think it'd probably be Venom. My prediction is. Cooler. They have Vulture. They have Scorpion. Remember Scorpion? Played I by, think uh, I really think Venom is gonna be in uh, No Way Home, bro. He's gonna be a he. It will be a post uh, credit scene instead of Venom three. Uh, I guess he won't be Sinister Six. I already know the the hundred percent because they are they are not the most reliable um, scooper or leaker, whatever you want to refer to him as. He's very reliable in terms of trailer release dates. Uh, but the confirmed Sinister Six: Electro, Green Goblin, Doc Ock. Sandman, Lizard, Rhino. Gotcha. Okay. They wouldn't do Venom so soon. I think because yeah, this was you remember, he Andy may, he may just pop up like you said in the post credits. Yeah, because Andy Circus said this was done last, like essentially, like well after production. 
Right. So Venom probably they, they probably didn't even think about the significance of doing Venom. I think Venom and Eddie are essentially gonna start to see they're not in their universe anymore, right? Like that's that he's not just gonna go find Spider-Man because he wants to find Spider-Man. He's gonna see what the hell's going on. He's gonna go back to San Francisco first to see why it's different. He's gonna say, Well, I might as well go back to New York because since Venom wants to go there anyway. Like there's gonna be a process. I think that that's the explanation they're I hope gonna so. have. Like yeah. not, oh, there's five other uh, bad guys probably that hate Spider-Man as much as I do. Let me go join them. I think they shown Venom is yeah. different than than the typical. And, villain, and that's so. another issue I have too is that this Venom doesn't have a personal connection to Holland Spider-Man. So why would he care? I think just the, the fact that he looked like him, the spider looks like Venom. Technically, I, I, I don't know. You know what it's I mean? Sony, like, bro. Like, uh, how would, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Venom's never had an interaction with a Spider-Man before, and unless he has knowledge of, that's why maybe Garfield. He is in Garfield's universe. Who knows? This anything's possible, but it's just it's so odd. So he didn't no, think no, it through actually, properly. No. You know what I mean? So yeah, we'll see. We'll watch No Way Home, and then Venom makes an appearance. I wouldn't be surprised. That'd be right. the post-credit scene. Right, right. Well, we'll see. Um, but all right, that's where I stand. Yeah, that's where yeah. we stand. Venom okay. is what Venom is. You know what I mean? But. Look, I'm ready to get up into this Star Wars thing, baby. We haven't done this in a little bit. So let's do a quick little yeah. review of Bad Batch. Uh, we're okay. going to get into Star Wars Visions. A couple things I wanted to say about it. Uh, you haven't watched it, so I think we, we can go more into detail after you do. Uh, but I'll give my quick review on that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Book of Boba and that's how that's coming out soon. And um, talk about uh, even McGregor's comments about the Kenobi series and how excited I am for that. And I'm sure sure. You are too. So uh first bad batch review uh overall as a series i'm just going to give my review i i've talked to you personally you know individually about this i am not a fan of the bad batch series plot wise so like it had some fun moments uh a, a lot of great fight scenes and battles it seemed repetitive sometimes too though which is my like kind of something i didn't like about it it was like go to a planet fight people on the planet go away acting like we won like it was the same thing over and over again for me it was kind of frustrating in my opinion um i need to know if if uh omega is force sensitive like is the purpose of this to show that she's the clone that helped essentially create palpatine's clones right is she like the first example of of a force sensitive clone is that is that why we're seeing this are we going to see her in the mandalorian uh season three you know clearly this is a setup for omega to be an impact in another series i mean the uh yeah the ending of season one had there's a scientist who wore the same patch as dr pershing from the mandalorian and if you recall they wore like these kaminoan badges who obviously conducted a fair share of, of clone ex- experiments right. on Navarro and various other planets throughout the galaxy. So I imagine um, they'll come into play and hopefully have some explanation as, as to how a Palpatine clone came into existence. Um, I forgot how they, they explain Ray's heritage again. Now that I think about it. Was she a Palpatine clone? Was that the, the canon explanation? Was Ray a Palpatine clone? Because they'd have uh, to explain that too. No, I think she was. Or was she like, like the great, or like her father, granddaughter? I don't fucking know, man. Yeah, that well, was yeah. a whole mess. Anyways, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, so we'll see. The setup is is cool, I guess. Um, quick rating, two out of five. The show was incredibly repetitive, boring. Right. The story lacked any progression. The ending right. was anticlimactic, other than the interesting setup at the very end. Sid is arguably one of the worst characters characters in the show because we failed to move on beyond that point. Any interesting dynamic we have between the characters is oftentimes forgotten about. Echo went through zero development. Uh, Hunter remained the same. Omega was quite annoying in how the show was so afraid to not have her in a scene. Like the show, like it, it, it's as if like the screenwriter said, oh, we need an Omega scene. And they kept cutting back to, like in the episode where they cut back to Sid and Omega winning this, um, this game. Focus on the plot at hand. Right. You can, you, like, I, that, that's the thing too. Is what the Mandalorian did so well, and you can disagree or, or agree, but like, the Mandalorian is one of, if not the least interesting characters in the show. Undoubtedly. Right. The side characters will make the show, and they're not afraid to, you understand know what I mean? Like, everything we see is from the Mandalorian's perspective, ultimately. He is our, the narrator, like, the narrator right. of the events of the story. So, naturally like the sky characters having these massive reveals is the same way the mandalorian would interpret them as well right you know it, it's it's surprising it, it comes from a place of the unknown and that's ultimately the ability of Star Wars. you know there's so much unpredictability involved and obviously it's memorable for plenty of other reasons but it's like this show doesn't know what it wants to concentrate on like the, the first episode was great it was a solid premiere, you know, some rough pacing here and there. But other than that, you know, you think, oh, wow, this, you know, this is turning out to be, you know, great. And then it just went through this sharp decline in quality. I was just like, I don't feel invested enough. Like, I don't have the motivation to continue no. watching the show. And the show was not awful. No. I should preface that. I don't right. think it's one. It's perfect. That's far worse. Star Wars content that exists, but they need to do better. And honestly, I think for when it comes to Bad Batch season two, I'm waiting until all episodes drop. I'm not waiting week after week if it's going to yeah. be the same. If, if the season, if, if season two is going to be the exact same as season one in terms of plot progression right. and any lack of character development, zero interest. Yeah, you I'm like not... you, yeah, like other than Crosshair, you cannot say a single character went through anything substantial. 100 percent other than um, omega in the first three episodes that she was done right they 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 clearly want her to be the focus the why is to be seen and i'm with you as far as the rating honestly i give it a one out of five you gave it a two um it it, it lacked true direction to me in the beginning i thought okay it's a slow pace they're gonna go things a certain way uh maybe not even too slow pace i actually like the way it the, the pace it was at at the time because i expected it to get better uh have more development have more plot uh, development and character development um but it, it just never happened you know what i mean and and uh it was disappointing uh i i just don't know i don't know where they're going with it they're gonna bring a season two uh we'll see where they where they do go with that uh it may have relation to to some of the other series that are coming here like in live action because they want to I think they're trying to save some budget here, right? They wanna they don't wanna put everything live action, so let's put some of it animated. 
Yeah, animation is the best way to go. <laughs> and I'm okay. Thing. I'm okay with animated. I don't mind it. Just like what if, you know, depending on certain episodes you like or don't like, obviously. But, you know, if, if they feel like it's going to help, help develop the overall uh, universe, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. But so far, it hasn't done that for me. It has just been... Yeah. Like, here's some content because we don't have any live action for you for two years. <laughs> like, that's kind of what it felt like to me. Yeah, and, which, is, uh, which is unfortunate. The we'll show see. had immense potential. It did. And it still does. And we'll see where it goes. But honestly, yeah. not. I don't even need to know how the series is going to be as far as season two. I'm not watching it until all the episodes are posted. Like, I can't wait week to week for a 30-minute episode of people just walking around. That's just not what I do. If I wanted to that, watch Lord of the like, Rings, yeah. I would watch Lord of the Rings. Literally. Like that. it, that's the problem with <laughs> like, what if episodes too, bro. It's just, these episodes are too short. And yeah. they're just not worthwhile. No. They're not, it's not worthwhile. something to look forward to every week. I mean, Marvel, I'm always going to probably watch every week, but as far as Star Wars, like, I, I'm a diehard Star Wars fan, too. Maybe as not, not much into the lore as anybody else, or most people, I guess, that are into Star Wars. Um, but I, I just I need more than what they've given. So yeah. hopefully they they get to that point. But uh, yeah, one out of five. Not not too not too much of a fan of it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not even better. as much as I want to convince you otherwise. That's fine. Like I, I'm <laughs> at a two out of five because they brought back Harris and Dula and Chopper from Star Wars Rebels, who arguably had the two best episodes. Like they literally had an episode revolving around Harris and Dula and their family, and it was more compelling than any like. Than any other episode we had previously, right. I mean, like Rex only appeared in what two episodes overall. They brought back those terrible twin characters from uh, season seven of the Clone Wars, right? For whatever reason, like it's not as if they're going to greatly improve in character. They didn't change remotely from where we saw them in season seven to, mm-hmm. to the present. Um, you had Wrecker, who you know you see his inhibitorship. It's malfunctioning, and he obviously turns on the crew temporarily, but then they right. they resolve everything. Now, you you understand know how how cool it would have been if Wrecker ended up joining Crosshair? Mm. That would have yeah. been sick, right? That right. would have been sick. Have like the bad batch really turn bad, right? Like, <laughs> that'd be like crazy. that that would be such an. Like, could you imagine the end of the season is them turning to the Empire? That yeah. would be really cool. And Mike is kind but of they were afraid to do that. <laughs> They yeah. were afraid they're to afraid do that. To, for sure. And I think I think the the, the they're they gotta be careful. And I've talked to you about this as far as anything any of the content that's come out coming out pre uh episode four and pre episode uh seven. They have to be care and, and it sucks. I feel like they need to just move on from the Skywalker era, right? And I know there's a lot of content. And I'm saying go even further back than episode one. Go way back. Let's go back to (laughs) the High Republic. The series (laughs) is coming. The High Republic books, right? When Yoda was in his prime and all those those great Jedi of of the past. We either got to go way back or we got to go way forward and be done with the Skywalker saga. There... Not only because I'm just tired of seeing the same stuff because it's all related to Skywalker Saga, right? It, they're boxing themselves in. They can't really do much because they don't. They can't mess up the entirety of the plot they've already built. That's not fair to the creative writers, right? Yeah. And, and the, the argument is, well, they can do whatever they want because the universe is so big and obviously Ahsoka's been around. Why didn't she? Why didn't she help by Vader and you know so on and so forth? Da da da. I get it. Blah blah blah. But. I'm of the opinion that you are totally hiding the potential of your series 
by staying in that Skywalker saga, the Skywalker era. I don't want to say saga, the era of, uh, of Skywalker as a whole. Yeah, They're, they need to stop being boxing. It's not fair. It's not it. fair to the writers. It's not fair yeah. to the writers. It's not fair to the, the, the people that are playing the characters. It's not yeah. fair to anyone. It's not fair to oh. us as fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. And honestly, like, I'm mad at Bad Batch, but like, what else could they really done? And anything, yeah. anything crazy they did would have totally fucked up episode four, five, and six. Yeah. Like, you know what? But on the bright side, there's at least one show that's outside the Skywalker Sour, and uh, that's Sour's Visions. And that was a nice little segue there. Oh. Uh, because I know you're in love with the show, and I know you want to actually speak positively about uh, you know this franchise. So I haven't watched it. So, right. So, so you know, give me your thoughts on how you right. viewed all the episodes, and if you think that's the kind of direction you want to see Star Wars take. So Pretty I won't. Do, I won't but. go. I won't go too deep as far as the content that was that was in each episode because I want you to watch it. Like you need to watch it. Telling everybody that's watching this episode now, they need to watch Star Wars Visions. The very short episodes, fifteen to twenty minutes, if that, uh, some less, some more. Um, they not only was the content in each episode really interesting, it was the first Star Wars series that I feel like they were not boxed in. Literally not right. Like this is non-canon. All of the uh, anime studios that that made these series, they were told full creativity. They used some pieces and ideas, right? They used like they mentioned the Empire, and they mentioned, you know, some things were mentioned in, in relation to the existing Star Wars universe, but they were not boxed in because they were not stuck on Skywalker. They weren't they weren't stuck stuck on Rey, uh, Vader, or Palpatine, or or, or um, um, Anakin, or even Kenobi. None of them were even mentioned, right? Like this is his own totally different thing. Um, it was refreshing for me. Star Wars Visions uh, was was solo stories that just had a, a, a true purpose to show you about the Jedi heritage about um the culture of the jedi uh how strong the sith can really be and 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 the balance and fight between that right like in in one episode uh, again a little bit of a spoiler here uh a sith is actually a good guy in this in one of the episodes and and you'll see that when you matt when you go check it out and if anybody else that's watching this checks it out um it you see the what Star Wars can be if they're allowed to be creative and they're not boxed in. And I think they need to allow this for all of Star Wars studios. So I don't know what they call it. It's Star Wars. What do they call the studios? The Star Wars studios? Whatever the hell they call it. Uh, like Lucas, Lucasfilm? Is that Lucas, I, I know Lucasfilm is a, <laughs> the branch that they bought, but let's call it Lucasfilms for all intent and purposes. Uh, Lucasfilms needs the ability to, to do the same for all their, their series. They need to be able to do whatever they want, whenever they want, and that's why they need to either go way back, go way forward, and bring out some new in, in, interesting content. Uh, and that that's not to say that the Kenobi series is going to be bad, which we're going to talk about that literally right now. The Book of Boba, like all of this stuff in between <clears throat> this, the, the movies, right? The trilogies. They're still good content. I just don't want writers and, and, and actors and actresses to be limited because i feel like they are so uh watch star wars visions five out of five for every single episode series is great no question super interesting i hope they bring it back and, and bring in more stories 
I want none of it to be connected. I don't need an extended universe. I want simple Star Wars stories. Um, I even like them to be a little longer. I, I'd like these visions episodes to be movies, right? I would love that. Um, they're they're just super interesting, and it, it was it was just really cool uh, to watch and and just, just totally dope. Um, last two things I want to get into real quick. Uh, I mentioned the, uh, the the book of Boba. Uh, but I did want to get into Kenobi real quick. Uh, Ewan McGregor uh, is a former Kenobi, former slash president Kenobi for from the original trilogy and of uh, Star Wars, and <clears throat> he mentioned that his series is going to be something different and something that Marvel, the the Star Wars as a whole, has never seen yet. So for me, and I, I know we heard some rumors as to what's going to happen within the series. This kind of makes me excited it's kind of related to the whole star wars visions things thing i think they're going to go different with this series right like so i get it i'm kind of contradicting myself in a way because i don't want like them to be boxed in but i'm wondering if they're allowed to be a little more creative with this and they're they're willing to risk the continuity i'm okay with risking the continuity at this point because i want good content um i am concerned only because they can very easily ruin Darth Vader and Obi Wan's reunion from A New Hope. Is let me the odds are stacked against them, okay. and the the writers of this series are are probably under immense pressure to make sure that this fits well within the continuity. Um, because ultimately Obi Wan and Vader will reunite. Right in any canon, there has to be a reason as to how Kenobi discovers Darth Vader's true identity. Right, so you know, I, I, I just depends. I, I, I think the dialogue we hear from A New Hope, where you know, last time we, you know, we saw each other, I was but the learner. Um, we can there's many ways you can interpret that. Did he mean was he a learner in the dark side of the force? Meaning he was still enhancing his uh, his being Vader's abilities? Or did he mean the very day he left him on Mustafar? So we don't know. I think it would be the former, uh, because right. there has to be a, they're they're colliding. Like is it possible for them not to? Right. Um we're definitely getting flashback scenes. Wouldn't be surprised there. Inquisitors are bound to show up at some right. point. Live action Inquisitors, I, I might add. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what it has to offer. You think we'll see Cal in this? Who from Jedi Fallen Order? No, no. God, I hope he shows up live action. Monaghan would be too. Monaghan's too old. They have to cast a new actor. Yeah, I think Monaghan is what twenty six, twenty eight. Cal would be. Cal is how old? Cal's fourteen. In Fallen Order. In Fallen Order, he's fourteen. <laughs> is he really? Yeah, he's fourteen. He's very young. <laughs> but he'd be twenty-four in Kenobi. It's ten years after. Maybe twenty-two. Well, the time gap. I thought wasn't the time gap five years between Fallen Order and uh. Right, so it'd be nope. another five. It's ten. He was years. he was nine. He was nine when the Kenobi's died, right? ten years after Mustafar. Right, 
right? So, so Cal will be order. 19. Yeah, so of order, order has to be 20. I think 20. It wasn't he was he, 9, right? How old is he? 26. He can play a 20 year old. Cal can play a 20 year old or whatever the guy that plays him. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I, I depends. I don't know. I just uh, want to see it. I want to see a live action. So hopefully we do. Um, I think you're, I, I just hope. I, yeah, they got to tread lightly. I, I just want. I, I just hope it's a good series. I, I don't want it ruined. It, it, I want it, it, to it see Kenobi be. so bad, live action. I'm more excited for Acolyte than anything. Uh, but let's get into this last series real quick. The Book of Boba. I, I wanted you to take the lead on this. What What are your expectations? What do you think it's going to be about? Uh, any Any correlation to to the Mandalorian itself, the series, uh, um, or, or Bad Batch in any way? What do you think? Yeah, so I, I guess what I who I expect to appear, I think we're getting a live action Cad Bane. Oh, please do, oh, because he survived. Because he, I think Boba injuring uh, Cad is canon. Do you remember in the lead episode, the bounty hunter arc, where Boba right. and Cad have a duel together? That's right. technically canon, but they never had a chance to uh, finish those episodes. They had a lot of lines of dialogue recorded, but they weren't able to fully animate it. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, I, I, we don't know how long cast species uh, ages. So we can just get a flashback to uh, Boba defeating Cad. Right. Presumably. And then so you think this is going to be some kind of like back. bounty hunter... Western. It was going to be thing? basically a kingpin <laughs> show. Because you remember, yeah. I mean, Boba is, is running Tatooine, Tra- and Tra- I expect Tra- him Tra- to come Tra- in contact with uh, Cobb Van. <coughs> if you remember, Cobb Van was a right. really good character. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I hope we get Cobb Van in uh, Rangers of the New Republic, or is that canceled because of Gina Carano? Mm, maybe. Wasn't she the main character? Wasn't she supposed to be the main character? I thought so. Yeah, yeah, maybe. No, well, I mean, yeah. that's... <laughs> so I, I mean, I think that, I'm with that's you. what can, happens, you know. A king, <laughs> right, a kingpin as epi- uh, a series would be would be really dope. Um, it is coming this Christmas, so we got a lot of content coming the rest of this year, uh, folks. Like we got uh, all in that time frame, like Hawkeye, Book of Boba, and uh, Spider Man. Uh, no way, no way home. Turtles all, as well. Any, well, I'm saying that, that month. December. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's right, all the right. same, like the end of the month, basically. It's all going to be the same time. So it's insane. Um, uh, Eternals is coming. You did mention that, though. So next month, uh, hopefully tickets go on soon. We are doing are. opening nights. Uh, yeah. No, some are. It's just It's not the full. Oh, it's like certain states? Certain, yeah, I don't even know what it is. It's just not let me buy tickets yet. But I will yeah. be getting tickets, of course, for the opening night. Uh, and we'll be, of course, be doing a review. Um but yeah, any any last words uh, on anything Marvel or, or Star Wars related, Matt? Um, I guess here's what I will say about Marvel. This may be controversial for some, or not. Marvel is more more focused on quantity rather than quality, and them releasing dirty plus projects in the next. What few years? I was tempted to say decade is not worthwhile. Spinoffs are not necessary. Actually, it's funny because we didn't get a chance to um to cover this guy. It's gonna mention it now. Agatha Harkness is apparently getting your own TV show. 
Monica Rambeau might be getting her own TV show. Uh, Shang-Chi's sister might be getting her own TV show. That makes sense, though. I, I'd rather have that than Shang- in the second Shang-Chi. Yeah, that's, yeah that, that is acceptable. Acceptable. Right. Um, it's just Marvel needs to calm down. <laughs> calm down. You'll need to produce everything in the world because as a result, you'll get desperate and you'll just hire directors like that. Yeah. And when those directors are inexperienced, especially because of the lack of projects they worked on or because they haven't worked on projects of this caliber before, you're bound to have a mess of a show. That's what happened with Elements of Loki. Kay Heron, there there are plenty of like, there is so much potential of what she can do. Like I can tell in the way she tried to, like for instance, like episode four of Loki, like that cool uh, whirlwind shot. Or episode five, like the whirlwind shot where she like sort of did a full 360 with the camera. That was really cool. But you could tell there are many moments where she she did she didn't necessarily know how to direct her actors and relied on like she solely relied on them because she didn't necessarily know what like I, I think in many ways she was probably afraid to tell Tom Hiddleston what he has to do. You'd probably say, Tom, you just do your thing. Right. Which is which is fine because he builds character better than pretty much everyone you can think um i don't know I, I, i'm not hating on k here like i hope she has plenty of opportunities because i think she could very well be a phenomenal director moving forward like right. easily i mean right. that's not that's a very difficult feat she did, she did excellent in the uh, episode episode six of finale obviously clearly um it is i'm, I'm a bit nervous there but for now i'll remain positive um so much content to look forward to from both marvel and star wars and you know, this they just didn't have to worry about producing content. There will always be an appetite. If Venom can have right. an appetite, I think Marvel, you know, even DC, and especially Star Wars, will be fine. Right, you'll be. Fine. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I'm gonna I'll double down on that. I think you know, uh, I I'm okay with the amount of content. I think your concern and mine as well is just to make sure that content's good content, right? Don't just do it to do it. Uh, build the characters, build the plot, make it make sense for the extended universe and, and go from there. So uh, I'm 100% with you on that. Uh, my last words, you know, I'm, I'm just excited for Eternals, man. It is it is something you and I both have been avoiding commercials, have been avoiding everything on social media. We want to come in there with no idea what the hell is going to happen and just enjoy the movie. Uh, it's going to be the yeah. second longest movie in Marvel history behind Endgame, which is awesome. What was it, um, two hours and 36 minutes? 37, 37. Minutes, yeah, 237. So, um, you know, I'm super excited for that. But uh, as always, you know, I'll, I'll drop Matt's social media. I think you forgot, but uh, you can find Matt at Matt underscore TEE29 on Instagram, right? Matt T- underscore TEE29. T- yes, yes, yes. On Instagram. Uh, and and it's Taco Creator on YouTube. He is uh, always on YouTube. So. Yeah, um, you can find my comment uh, over on the it, NFL page for the Bills versus Chiefs. Yes, <laughs> yes, go Bills as always. We are we are big Buffalo Bills fans, and we will always be that. Um, of course, you can find me at John underscore OTS on all social media platforms. Um, and there has been a change. Listen, people, there's been a change. So two things I want to go over, the change and another podcast coming tomorrow. First things first, OTS has now changed all of their social media handles and technically all their platforms to now OTS media co. So that's O T S M E D I A 
co it's at ots media co go to all of those social medias drop a follow go to youtube.com slash ots media co and drop a subscribe every like counts every watch counts every share is is even double that right you can listen to us you can watch us on any of the social media platforms we definitely appreciate it head over to facebook group on the sidelines join the on the sidelines group and talk about all the stuff we talk about every day on our podcast um I, i'm getting over being sick myself i know matt's been dealing with allergies so like i'm losing my voice so sorry about that um one last thing we have an all-new podcast coming out tomorrow uh, and I like to announce different podcasts, or different episodes. And I, I've talked about the past, the Ox podcast, where we have uh, uh, the verses and things like that. Uh, so one of our new podcasts coming tomorrow is All Nat. So it's A-L-L-N-A-T. It's going to be on all of our social media platforms. That's including YouTube and all, of, all the uh, places you listen to podcasts. Um, all Nat will be hosted by, by Nat. Uh, she is a bright basketball mind. She is ready to start her own podcast. She's been uh, follow her on Twitter. She's been on a uh, guest on uh, the sideline guys before, as far as anything related to basketball. Uh, huge, huge impact and imprint on on Twitter, and we're excited to have her on on the OTS team, and excited to listen to her podcast starting tomorrow. That's tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, October twelfth. Um, so welcome, that. Uh, welcome to the team. We're 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 happy to have you, and uh, and um. Just drop those follows on social media, people. We here. Listen, this is We Can Be Heroes. We're here whenever we possibly can for you guys. We appreciate every single view, listen, and everything you guys give us in between. We love you. Be safe. And we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.